Welcome to this edition of the Mean Business Podcast, where you get the knowledge you need to take your local business to the next level. Subscribe now to the Mean Business Podcast, where we are always kind, but we mean business. And now, your host, Keith Carpenter. Hey, Keith Carpenter here with the Mean Business Podcast. Welcome back, episode six. And today we're going to be talking about the four levers to be a good business operator. So in this episode, we're going to discuss the concept of being a good business operator. What is that? And from what I found after building several businesses, and more importantly, I think working with over 5,000 companies that are here in the US, and some of them are in Canada, most of them in the US, there are really four main levers that the best operators out there are aware of consciously and are working and building systems around that and have complete control of these levers in their business to make sure that it operates smoothly and profitably and preferably with as little intervention really on the part of the operator, right? I mean, the goal is to build a business that can operate where you're operating on the business, not necessarily inside of the business. Some of you may, some of you may not regardless, but the goal is build systems that don't directly require you for the business to operate successfully, right? And I get that many of you, you're okay with being in the business and it relying on you heavily right now. Uh, And many of you would love to build a business that operates perfectly if you got kidnapped and held for 30 days, God forbid, Uh, you come back and everything is still running perfectly, right? Regardless, the four levers I'm going to share, uh, they still apply and you're going to see exactly how right now. So first, what do I mean by an operator, right? What is a business operator? Well, many of our clients are small to medium-sized businesses and they rely heavily on local customers, okay? And many of them are what you would call an owner-operator, right? They operate the business. Uh, Some of them are inside the field. Some of them are out of the field. Either way, the business needs a good operator, sort of like the captain at the helm, to make sure that everything is operating the way it should be. So if you have a piece of paper, I want you to follow along, or you can imagine this in your head, if not, draw a line from the top to the bottom, uh, so all the way down the middle of the paper from the top to the bottom, and then draw a line from the left to right across the middle of the paper, okay? So you should have four boxes. Now, In the first box in the upper left-hand side of the paper, we have the first lever, which is lead generation, okay? Lead generation. What do I mean by that? Things like running ads online. Maybe you're putting ads in papers, right? Uh, Signs out in front of your store. Uh, Maybe you have yard signs on lawns of customers, right? You could be putting door hangers on the knobs of neighbors, right? Uh, Maybe you have an outbound calling department like we have right? Referrals from existing clients or leads, partnerships with other businesses out there or people that could help you, affiliate programs that can bring in, uh, you know, people to you. Um, All of those are lead generation strategies, right? Tactics for lead generation that should all be part of a larger system. But regardless of how you get your leads, and I would highly recommend getting as many lead generation strategies working in your business as you possibly can. You know, the fact remains, nothing happens in a business till a lead comes in, right? So many people waste so much time with things that don't matter. If you haven't gotten one customer yet, you don't really need an expensive logo, 
right? You can find a freelancer on fiverr.com or something. You can build a logo for $5, right? Or go on canva.com and build it for free, right? But a good operator is going to move forward with strategies for lead generation, get the small things out of the way, come back and revisit the logo later, right? They realize they need lead generation systems in place in their business, period, right? And you're going to try out many different ways of getting leads, right? You should try out every way, test correctly, right? Make sure you know if it's bringing results and there's ways to do that. Um, And don't stop trying new things, right? Just because you found something that works well, right? It may not work as well next year. I've seen this a lot and you're going to need as many lead generation strategies in place as possible so you don't experience these unnecessary lulls in business, right? The up and down, up and down, it gets frustrating. So the first lever, lead generation, got to have systems in place for that. It's a very detailed talk. I don't have time to go detailed now, but we will in the future. Um, But just know that that's your first quadrant, right? That's your first box, leads, right? And someone has to be focused on that, right? Now, if you, the owner of the business, tries to focus on all four of these levers on your own, you're going to burn yourself out, right? And it's too much in the mind to have to be responsible for these different four different uh, levers in the business. So the first one is leads. Preferably you have people or somebody who is focused only on this all day long to bring in as many leads as you guys possibly can handle. Okay. Now in the box in the upper right-hand corner, you're going to go ahead and write lever two, which is sales systems. Okay. The second lever is sales. Somebody has to sell the lead, right? And turn them into a customer or help them discover that it's not right for them and maybe find uh, a solution elsewhere. But either way, salespeople are some of the most important people in any organization. Okay. They take the responsibility of dealing with leads, which we all know that's extremely time consuming, right? And they weed out all the non-buyers and discover who the actual buyers are, right? They help with things like onboarding to some degree, And they're always there to help you cross-sell products, right? Sell more products of what you guys have to offer. Help get more referrals, right? So you get new customers with literally a zero acquisition cost, right? Nothing better than getting free customers, right? Most customers, there's a cost associated with that. And they really serve as a point of contact with your company, right? It makes a customer feel good to know that they have this person is my contact and um, that customer feels comfortable just knowing that their rep is going to be there, right? To guide them uh, as they have questions uh, and concerns. You know, the reality is a solid sales rep is worth millions of dollars to a business, okay? In fact, check out this statistic. I forget where I heard it, so I can't reference a source, but it said something to the effect Four out of five millionaires are salespeople. Let that sink in for a sec. You have a better chance of becoming a millionaire by getting a high level sales job than you do starting a business. And I'm not assuming that you started the business to become a millionaire. That's not the point. My point is four out of five millionaires are salespeople, right? So if all these people out there, salespeople are becoming millionaires, how important of a job is that in a company? Right. If the company can afford to pay that person millions, right, over time, how much is that salesperson actually worth to the company? So let's do a little exercise, right? I encourage you to sit down and do this exercise along with me. Imagine you got your first lever working well, right? You have leads coming in. Now you need a sales rep to work the leads. So I'll use an example for one of my salespeople. And you can use your own numbers, you know, for your business. So 
Our typical sales rep, this is how it breaks down. They're going to get about 40 appointments a week on their calendar. Okay. And those are 15 minute appointments with a 15 minute window afterward. So it's really only blocking off, you know, half of their day, leaving them the other half of their day to do uh, follow up and whatnot. Now, 70% of those are going to answer the phone at the date and time that the appointment was set. Right. So out of those, you know, 40 leads, 28 people are going to pick up the phone. Okay. Seven of those people are going to sign up for our services within the first 21 days. So that's about a 25% closing ratio, okay? Now, each one of those sales, let's just make up a number. It's worth, let's say, $300 per month on average, right? Or $3,600 a year. Now, some of our packages are $99 a month. Some are like $999. But let's just, I'm just throwing a number out. $300 conservatively. Um, that means that one client is worth $3,600 a year to our company, okay? If they close seven clients a week, that's 364 new clients in a year's time. So seven clients out of the 28 you know, leads they were able to get a hold of, that's 364 new clients. Let's say that we lost 64 of those, but that's really not the numbers. It's much lower than that. But let's say 64 fell off right throughout the year. So we're left with 300 clients. Well, 300 clients at an average of $300 a month is 90 grand a month in gross revenue for the company, right? That's a year in revenue generated by one sales rep and a solid lead strategy, right? Think about that. That's it. We gave him X amount of leads, right? So in this scenario, that's 2,080 appointments, right? To the sales rep over the course of the year. So they got 2,080 appointments in 12 months. They spoke with 1,456 of those people and they pitched them on our services. Now, some are good for us. Some aren't good for us, right? So the rep ends up only closing 25% of the pitch leads which is 364 clients, right? One sales rep. So do this exercise for your business. Figure out how many leads a week your sales rep can handle realistically, right? Meaning leave some time for follow-ups and stuff like that. And then account for a 70% pitch rate because for some reason, I don't know why, but 30% of leads are always unreachable, right? For some reason, you just never get those people back on the phone again. It's really strange, right? But Next, assume a closing rate of 25% because that's a fairly standard closing rate of our sales reps. Some are higher, some are slightly lower. And then multiply the number of sales that that one sales rep can produce in a year by your average client value, right? That's it. And there you go. Now, if you ran these numbers and they're high, you probably get excited, right? And say, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like I need that. Well, the only thing you need to produce those numbers is X number of leads, a 70% contact rate and a 25% closing rate, right? And what that really means is you need a system to generate the quality leads, right? And you need a system and a person to close the leads. And without even mentioning the other two levers, right there, you've got the backbone of any solid organization. Anybody that you know that runs a successful business that continuously increases their revenue and grows and becomes more profitable and can give their employees raises and can do all that fun stuff. They all have leads coming in, right? And they all have sales being made mostly every day because of the leads that are coming through the door, period. Now, preferably you're not the sales rep long-term, right? But if it has to be you to start, so be it, I get it. But I highly, highly recommend that even if you can sell at a high level, let's say you're a great salesperson, still hire a sales rep, right? You have so much more stuff to do on your journey of being a solid business operator and operating a profitable business. 
I would leave the selling to a guy who's dedicated to just doing that. Man or woman doesn't matter, right? A person who's dedicated to doing the sales, right? One of the main reasons besides time is you need to price your products and services to allow for a sales commission of some type, right? In most cases, you know, we're pricing our services so low, we're not building in the fact that if we were scaling, we'd have somebody that needs to get paid, right, for that. So when you hire a sales rep, you know, from the beginning, if it is possible, you'll know if it's possible for you right now or not. But if it is, then you're pricing everything in a way where you're leaving room for that salesperson to make a living, right? And then that person will go to the ends of the earth for you and help you grow your business and help you be even more successful because of them. You know, in most circumstances, there's a client acquisition cost, right? The sales rep commission has to be factored into that. So just a caveat, you know, maybe you sell an e-commerce product or a quick and easy service where they just call the book or book online. I get that plumbing, medical, you know, stuff like that. Um, This would be slightly different, but I hope for those of you who require a sale to be made that this has you excited, right? Because even if you are the other one where it's quick and easy and they book, it's still a lead and they still had to buy right? They still had to book that appointment. It might be quicker and faster and easier than other business models. That's great. But the fact remains, we still have two systems working in our business. How are we getting our leads for plumbing and, you know, medical and all that kind of stuff? And then what's the process by which, you know, usually they hand you a clipboard, tell you to fill out a paper, right? So, but a lot of people are doing that stuff online now and making it easier and better for their customers uh, while also making it easier and better for the workers, right? So, That is our second lever sales systems to go along with our first lever lead generation systems. Okay. Now, bottom left-hand corner of the paper, I want you to write lever three fulfillment systems. Okay. Now that you've got a lead, right? And you made a sale, somebody has to fulfill the product or service, right? You know, this could be maybe sending somebody out to do the work, or it could be shipping a product to a customer, right? Most of the time, People are required in this process for the sales lever and they're required for the fulfillment lever, right? So I want to use this opportunity real quick just to talk about recruiting for a second, okay? A good operator uses systems, right? And recruiting is no different. A good recruiting system makes it easier and more cost-effective for you to hire good workers. Now, I know for a fact that half of you listening to this right now are going to say something like, I can't hire any good people. Nobody wants to work. Everyone's lazy, right? Something, a a bunch of other similar things to that. But the reality is if you keep telling yourself that you're never going to find good people to work with you right now, please hear me out because I know this can rustle some feathers up. Um, The first challenge that you and I, and probably 99% of the listeners that listen to this have is we don't think anyone can do the job like us, okay? I'm on the same page with you, right? It's literally a major issue, right? And it's really scary. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, I know because I had to live through it, right? But let me tell you, if you're in this position where you do amazing work and you wanna hire someone to help you serve more clients and fulfill more product and services, but you're worried that they won't do it like you, let me tell you right now, they won't. You're right. They won't do it like you, but they will do it like them, right? The way that they do it. And if you use a system to hire, right, you can find skilled workers or workers that are trainable. Uh, and if you hire them, obviously you believe in them, right? So that's the whole hire them, believe in them, let them go do the work. And you're going to find that they're going to put a big old smile on your customer's face, right? And yes, you might feel a little less needed, right? Because I know I did. 
Um, every time I gave a job up to someone else, I felt less needed, right? It felt good to do that job, right? I always took pride in the jobs I did along the way. But after I walked away from it and I still see customers leaving great reviews and loving what we offer, I realize it's okay. It's all good. No worries, right? If you want to build and scale a business, if you want to grow your business bigger than it is right now, there's a good chance that you're going to need a few good people to join you, right? On your mission, get them behind what you're doing, get them as pumped up as an, and, and as excited as you are. Um, and, you know, we could talk for a long time about recruiting and we definitely will in future episodes because I actually developed a recruiting system that we use to find people with way less effort than we used to use to find people. But uh, for the time being, just know being able to fulfill your product or service and do so in a way that your customer is happy is the third lever, right? Especially if it's a residual type business, you got to make sure you're consistently fulfilling and earning uh, that level of happiness so that they stay with you. And the reality is some products and services are just easier to fulfill, right? Some are more fun to fulfill. Some are more profitable than others. And the reality is some are just an absolute nightmare to fulfill, right? But guess what? You get to decide whether or not you want to sell that product or service, right? So if it's bogging down the company, dump it, right? Sell more of what you love to sell. Sell more of what you are profitable with, right? If Hopefully that's what you love to sell. And all your people inside your organization will probably be much happier, right? You know, an example of the simplest fulfillment model that I know of is drop shipping t-shirts, right? It's why everyone and their brother wants to start a t-shirt company, right? You know, they drive in a visitor, which is a lead, right? That visitor buys a t-shirt, which is a sale. And then the drop ship company sends it out and fulfills it, right? Bing, bang, boom, done, right? But most of us don't have this luxury, right? And we have to make sure that our fulfillment systems are top notch so we keep our clients happy. So when we talk about fulfillment, most of the time it's people, right? It's that challenge of removing the owner from the day-to-day job and putting somebody in that place that you actually trust, that has good references, that have interviews well, and that, you know, preferably has some experience, but if not, is definitely coachable, right? So the fulfillment piece is absolutely essential. Uh, Again, you all have fulfillment levers in place right now, right? Doesn't mean they can't be better. And that's the whole goal of this is just think of these levers, go into each one of them and figure out which one needs my attention most, right? So that's lever three. Now, bottom right corner, lever number four is service systems, right? Somebody has to be there to help your customers get the information and the services that they need in the future, right? For many of our clients, you know, this could be the spouse working in the business. We see this a lot or a child working in the business, not a small child, but a kid, a relative, uh, taking care of the calls, right? Setting appointments, um, getting back to leads and selling too, right? We see that a lot where like, I'm the salesperson. I'm the, it's like, I get it. But you know, when you look at things like the four levers, then you start to realize that you've got people doing jobs that are moving into another lever that they shouldn't be involved with necessarily, right? You know, you need somebody in that box to take care of that for you. It's going to work a lot better, you know, and believe it or not, obviously service should have systems too, right? You notice a theme here that so far I've shared four levers with you and each one I've, I've told you and, and let you know that you need a system, right? The entire premise of being a good operator in business is using systems to get more work done, to get it done faster, to be more efficient, to be more cost effective. It's absolutely key without systems. 
Um, we can never scale. And that's why franchise businesses, I mean, they have the systems in place already, right? So all you have to do is go in and just use the proven system, which is why people will pay 50, 100 grand, or even a million just to walk into a franchise. They've got the systems already laid down. They got the leads, they got the sales, they got the fulfillment, and they've got the service already taken care of. You know, I know, I know a lot of clients, they're good. They're in the field. They're smooth in the field. They get, you know, they do every single thing that's required in the business. But, you know, you try to do that and you get very tired and sick of it uh, as an operator. You can become ill, right? I mean, you can die, you know, trying to do everything yourself. So it takes other people to help you reach your business and your financial goals. And service is no different, right? So what are some of the service systems that you could use? Well, the first and easiest way is to create an email and call it support at whatever your domain is, right? So support at speedmobi.com, right? If you send an email to support at speedmobi.com, somebody's going to get back to you. Um, drive all support requests into that email and then forward all the email that comes in to support at, forward that over uh, all the mail to your customer service person right? And then slowly but surely train them or fastly train them what needs to be done on the specific requests that are coming in, right? So until you no longer have to be involved in it at all, right? That's freedom, right? Having that person and eventually they're going to know where to point the person, where do they go? What do they do? Now I'll give you a real life example. Um, Using a customer support contact form on your website is also a good way to do it if you you add some automation to it. So I'll give you an example. If you go to speedmobi.com, if you click on contact at the top, you're going to see the first question on our form is reason for request. And there's actually four options there, right? Each option triggers a different automation on the back end. So if it's support, it's going to send them an email and a text message. It's going to say where they can go to help get support from somebody on the team, right? If it's a sales request, the system automatically assigns it to the next rep in line. And then the rep can go follow up with them from there. Um, you know, if they want to update the payment uh, on for on for their account with us, they we're going to get an email telling them uh, exactly how to update their payment easily and securely right online. See, we used to have to do all this ourselves, right? Someone had to sort through and send it to the appropriate person, but it's just so much wasted time that way, right? Using automation systems with our fulfillment at SpeedMobi is literally the backbone of how we get things done right? Like everything's automated and it works and it makes sure that everything gets done and the customer has a good experience. It's almost impossible, in my opinion, to scale a business without these systems in place, right? And of course, I highly recommend another part of this uh, service uh, section is surveying customers, right? So you can make real world changes and you can make improvements to your systems and your processes and everything as you go, right? If one person feels a certain way and tells you about it, you have to know there's a lot more people out there that share that sentiment, but they just haven't said anything, right? They're quiet. So a good operator is going to face criticism head on and work to improve the things to avoid in the future, right? So you make things better as you go, improving constantly. Like I believe, I always tell our automation clients, it's everything with automation is iteration, right? You have to continue to iterate because real world scenarios come up and then we improve the systems and make them even better, faster, and sleeker for better customer service and for less workload on the people inside the business, right? So there you have it. The four levers of a good business operator have a lead generation system in place, have a sales system in place, have a fulfillment system in place, and have a service system in place. Now, I realize many of you have systems in place in your business and that's awesome. And I realize some of you may not even have thought about 
building these systems out, right? You kind of knew it intuitively, but never looked at it as, hey, I need these four levers operating and I need to make sure that I've got people that are dedicated to these parts of my business so that we can grow and thrive. And most importantly, right, the whole duty that you have is to serve customers, right? If you have an amazing product, an amazing service, it does wonders for people, you have a duty to serve more of them, right? You don't want to serve less of them. You want more people in the world to experience it. So in order to do that, you got to scale your business, grow your business, put these systems in place um, so that you can enjoy your business, right? Uh, and own your business versus your business kind of owning you. I think sometimes people feel like that. Our clients express that they feel like they're being owned by their business. So whether you're using systems now or you've realize this or not, either way, it never hurts to revisit these levers from time to time and work on enhancing, you know, how you operate within each box in your business to make things better uh, and help everybody around you. Because when the business is successful, everybody's happy, you're happy, employees are happy, your family's happy. uh, And most importantly, your customers are happy with everything that you're doing for them. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Mean Business Podcast. I really could have spent a lot more time talking about all this stuff, but we'll build these into future episodes. Um, sorry I've been away. Uh, it's been a crazy summer, um, but I will be back with episode seven shortly. And as always, if you would like to get on the list to get notified, go to training.speedmobi.com forward slash subscribe. Hop on the list so that you get notified when we're gonna release new podcasts. We'll let you know, but more importantly, so you can communicate with me right? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know how you're enjoying the podcast. If there's certain topics you'd like to talk about, things that you're struggling with, um, we definitely are open to any of your ideas. Uh, And so that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you soon.